And now, The Mentors, one of the most popular and unique shows on the radio today. Each week, one of our four remarkable CEOs, including Tom Lord, John Phillips, and Rick Brutico, will challenge your thinking about life and work. Sought after for their success and for consistently putting people first, treating employees and customers with respect, and helping others succeed, now these same CEOs, the mentors, want to help you achieve your highest level of profitability, success, and personal fulfillment in life, at work, and in business. Now, here's your mentor. Welcome back. I'm Tom Laurie. Our guest mentor this week, Mary Jo Potter, is an entrepreneur, venture investor, and a highly regarded board director with a successful career that spans several decades. And today she serves as CEO and managing director of Healthcare Angels, an investment and advisory firm focused on promoting innovation in healthcare, and as a member of the Karitsu Forum's Investment Committee, which carries the additional responsibility for screening and vetting healthcare investment opportunities. Mary Jo, welcome to The Mentors. Thank you. Good to be here. Let's get started. First of all, let's start off with the Karitsu Forum. I think a lot of our people in our audience have heard about it, but don't know about it and don't know how it works. So tell us what the Karitsu Forum is. Sure. Uh, Karetsu Forum started well over 20 years ago. I think I joined them when they just had an East Bay chapter and there were about 50 of us, I think. Now there are 53 chapters all around the world. Um, We have, I think, a little over 3,000 members meeting again in all sorts of chapters around the world. We've, uh, I think now, maybe the number one uh, angel investor group in the world. Uh, what's been really interesting recently, uh, about five years ago, Koretsu also started a fund. We're now in our fifth fund. So we have opportunities for people to invest individually, invest collectively, or if they'd rather invest in a group of companies, they can join the fund. We have a blockchain fund, real estate fund. Anyway, it's been a very interesting way to be engaged. It was more of an avocation for many years, but then about five years ago when I started Healthcare Angels, um, I really spent a significant amount of time with Karetsu and, and the Band of Angels and some others. Uh, but Karetsu is unique because again, it offers people, many of whom have uh, either retired or have some extra time to invest. And I have to say between Karetsu and the Band of Angels, uh, entrepreneurs that are fortunate enough to, to get monies from these groups benefit a lot more from not only the money, but the amount of time people give to due diligence as well as helping companies as they scale up is just, it's very inspiring. And how large is the fifth fund or will it be? Uh, it'll probably be in the $10 million, 10 to $15 million range. We're Involving family offices more now, uh, so that is it expanding the opportunity a bit. And what is the the uh, range of investments in terms of the type and dollars? You know that has evolved as well. Um, I would say the average investor probably puts twenty five to fifty thousand dollars per investment. Uh, the fund is a top-off fund, so we actually top off investments that our members have made. And so we put in 100, 150,000 kind of the, at the tail end of the round. Uh, I would say the other thing that's changed, um, we also develop uh, what's called special purpose vehicles. So if people want to put in less than that, we can actually get a group of people together that maybe everybody gives $10,000 and it becomes a $200,000 SPV. So there's a lot of ways for people to get involved. And the um, range of investments, how many different domains do you cover? I know you do healthcare, uh, but what else? And you mentioned blockchain, what other, other domains? You know, I think it's uh, in the past couple of years, healthcare has been fairly dominant, but tech, technology in general, we were very heavy into green tech for a while, then that waned, now that's back. Um, consumer products are 
fairly active right now, given what's going on. Um, and again, I think it tends to reflect a bit about the members' interests, because the members often bring these companies to Koretsu. So you see I, in Ireland or in Turkey or in Israel, uh, I'd say the activity is much more focused on technology in general. So Mary Jo, do you have a checklist or does the uh, forum have a checklist? Do you have one that's personal and do you have one that's organizational in terms of what you look for when you're screening deals? Yes, you know, again, I give Kretsu a lot of credit. They've actually developed a fairly hefty 100-page uh, book to help people with due diligence. So organizationally, they've done a good job of learning from the past. And on average, we get five to six people per investment that do deep dives and produce some very impressive white papers uh, as part of it. For myself, uh, I do have some criteria now that I've uh, kind of weaned over the years. We focus at Healthcare Angels and even to a great degree at Koretsu on med tech and health tech. Um, we do some biopharma, but it's not as common because again, much of the biopharma world needs tens if not hundreds of millions of dollars. So you don't see angels there quite as often. Every once in a while we do if somebody has brought something out of the ashes in some fashion and uh, it looks interesting, but generally I'd say those are the two. We look at companies with some level of revenue. We like it when there's a scientist, physician, engineer, as well as a business type as partners, that's very attractive. Uh, it's also helpful if they've done something like this before, They'll that'll probably give them a little bit more attention. Uh, we also like to see large market opportunities. We're very interested in platform opportunities where there's more than one application for the science or the technology. Uh, so those are some of the criteria we use. And do you have any uh, big hits that you can share with the audience that you guys have had over the years? Well, it's ironic. Uh, my first was probably 20 years ago. Well, no, it's longer than that. Supercuts I invested in because one of my colleagues' friend was a founder and and they had an interesting model, which at the time I didn't know was so unique. They actually didn't really provide equity. They provided a return on that asset for almost 30 years. They gave us a, a distribution, which really was the profits, a percentage of the profits. That's very, you don't see that much anymore. I, I wish it would come back. I think it would uh, increase the interest in the uh, world, the angel investing world. But uh, yes, I've had, actually, I had five exits last year. One was, I held 13 years, 111, 110, 17, and 13. So when people ask, how long does it take? I say, you better plan for a little bit longer than you think. These are not overnight successes. We're going to be right. back in a few minutes with our guest mentor, Mary Jo Potter, entrepreneur, venture investor, and highly regarded board director. The Mentors is now in its fifth year. Make sure you don't miss future shows. Subscribe at our website, thementorsradio.com. That's thementorsradio.com. This is Tom Laurie, and you're listening to The Mentors Radio Show. Hi, I'm the executive producer of The Mentors Radio Show. Usually I'm behind the scenes, but I want to tell you about something special. If you're an entrepreneur like me, you need steady energy and focus. Here's my secret. I rely on science-backed, high-quality, bulletproof collagen protein and other bulletproof products. My sister told me about it. At feelgreat.vip, you can learn the health journey of bulletproof founder Dave Asprey. Find out what sets these products apart from the rest. Nothing can replace the advice of your medical doctor, but good nutrition can absolutely enhance your mood, energy, and focus like it did for me. The demands of business, not to mention important time with family and friends, make steady energy so important. With more than 1 million fans, 1 million fans, I'm not alone in recommending Bulletproof. Go to feelgreat.vip. That's VIP, like very special person. Feelgreat.vip to learn more. Better life, better business. Hi, I'm Christoph Nauer. I'm a certified business and life coach helping business owners increase productivity, profits, and improve personal life. I'm the founder of Balance 6, money, health, relationship, 
time management, self-improvement, and higher power. I coach business owners to work smarter, not longer, to have time for a better personal life. I hold you accountable for making time available to balance six, to nurture yourself and your relationships, and making more money with less stress. Get off the hamster wheel, and I will show you the secrets to real success. In case you're wondering about my accent, I came from Switzerland more than 30 years ago. But I assure you, my coaching will be in excellent English. Visit our website at balance6.biz. That's balance6.biz. And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Welcome back. This is Tom Laurie, and today I am with Mary Jo Potter, a transformational leader, the founder and managing director of Healthcare Angels, and a member of the Karitsu Forums Investment Committee. Remember, you can also listen to this show and any previous show via podcast on iTunes, TuneIn, Spotify, Google, and more on any device at any time. Subscribe at thementorsradio.com. So Mary Jo, in the last segment, we were talking about the Karitsu Forum. I still have a couple of more follow-up questions. How often, do they, as I understand it, they, and this would be pre-COVID, but they get together on a frequent basis. People come in and pitch. Uh, I, I guess, let's think about Northern California. How many people show up for a meeting? How often do you meet? And uh, do the members do the members have to pay to be members of the Kritsu Forum? And do the uh, people who pitch have to pay something to pitch? Mm-hmm. Many good questions. So, uh and it's ironic you ask it now because had you asked it a year and a half ago before COVID, I would have had one answer. And that answer was uh, on average, we would get anywhere from 50 to 75 people in each of the chapter meetings in person. You don't pay to attend any of the meetings, but members do pay each year to be members of the organization. We usually, uh, there's a deal screening once a month. We get anywhere from 10 to 20 deals we screen. We pick the four that we think would be most attractive to our investors and have the most opportunity. Those companies, once they are chosen, uh, do invest uh, to be able to present. And they tend to present by geography. We're kind of regionally focused. So If you uh, present in Northern California, you'll present in the East Bay, uh, San Francisco, and Silicon Valley, and periodically in Pebble Beach. So that investment usually covers anywhere from two to 400 people. Now uh, with COVID, and, and it's again, humorous to me, we tried so hard to convince people to do Zooms before but now everybody's on Zoom and we've almost doubled the participation. What has been surprising to all of us is how people from all over the world now are joining our local meetings. Oh, wow. Big footprint. Big and footprint. What, and then the, the company that's going to pitch, they pay something to pitch. What, what do they have to pay? You know, I don't, I, I don't know right now. Uh, I know it's a, it's it's enough that it discourages many, and 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 that's very controversial in the venture world because a lot of the angel groups do not charge. Uh, I actually am supportive of charging, and I'll tell you why. I think uh, we're so fortunate out here to have so many opportunities. It's hard to call them efficiently, and one of the ways to do that is: are people do they have enough money to at least pay to pitch? So uh, again, it's controversial, but that's how we do some level of screening. And do any of the investors, including people from Karitsu, take board seats? Yes, I would say, in fact, I took a board seat with Eternatier a year ago when uh, I think there were something like 18 or 20 Karitsu members that wanted to invest and they really wanted uh, someone from Karetsu to be on the board. So we asked the company and uh, because I have a fair uh, experience with uh, companies in the optometry ophthalmology space, it was kind of a natural. So uh, I would say 20% of the time we might take a board seat. A lot of times we become advisors for them in a variety of ways. 
So you're listening to the Mentors Radio Show, and this is Tom Laurie. We're with Mary Jo Potter, a transformational leader in the healthcare field. You went on, and more recently, in the last few years, you formed Healthcare Angels. Tell us about Healthcare Angels and its role and mission. Yes, what I decided uh, as I was involved in a number of angel groups, I'm part of Purple Arch Ventures out of Northwest, that's Northwestern's venture group and portfolio and as I say, a number of them, I realized a lot of investors were uh, putting money into healthcare, but they didn't have any healthcare background. And they were, many of them, do, doing due diligence without much healthcare background. And that was worrying to me because uh, healthcare, at least in the United States, is a very, very, very difficult place <laughs> to participate. So I, I formed the group as a network of people that the only requirement, quite frankly, to be part of the network is that you have direct healthcare experience. You've been, you've been a CEO of a healthcare company. You've been a board member in healthcare. You've been a doc, you've been a nurse. You've got to have some experience to bring to the table so that we can add a level of reality that is helpful to all these various, both startups and investors. So you've had this experience with Koretsu and still have it. And you've got the uh... Healthcare Angels, let's talk a little bit about startups and your experience. And you've already mentioned the importance of the team and different people that you like to see that are involved. They've done it in the, in the past and so on. What, what do you see over the years as the biggest cause of failure for a young company? You know, the first one, and I can use an example. One of my early investments was a company called Lucky Litter, run by a fellow named Alan Cook. And it, I, I like the concept. I'm not a cat person myself, but it's a kind of razor, razor blade kind of a product for that industry. And we got started, well-funded, things were going great, revenue was good. One of the competitors decided one of the ways to remove them from the market was to sue them. So uh, it, it was an interesting experience. We all had to add a little money to the coffers to get it through. And he hung in there literally for a number of years. I fought it. No sooner did we win it than, of course, we got purchased by one of the competitors. And, and it was a, a decent return for everybody. And that was strictly because he had 50 reasons he could have said, you know, this is not a great idea. I'm, I'm out of here. <laughs> As, would, as could the investors, but we all believed in Alan and he was uh, perseverance with a capital P. So that's my number one. Do the folks have staying power? You know, it's almost like the insurance industry. I interviewed once for a role in the insurance industry and the fellow said to me, uh, the only thing I, I'm telling you is that if you won't last three years, don't even join because you, that's what happens. People join and they drop out and just about the time they'd start making money, they've left the industry. Same thing with startups. Can't tell you the number of startups that just give, give in too soon uh, and don't have the staying power. So that's number one. Number two, they ideally, we love to see somebody who's failed once or at least uh, participated once and they're back for more. That's a good sign. They've, they've learned a lot, that's very positive. And the third one is, do they really have content knowledge, either in the industry or the product? And for you personally, what's your risk tolerance? You know, I guess it's it's must be reasonably high or I wouldn't keep doing this. <laughs> but you'd never know it by my hesitancy in the regular stock market. But anyway, uh, you know, you get to know these companies and it's it's a it's a very interesting way to work with people, support them, help them when they're at wit's ends and so on. So there's just a lot to it other than money that keeps you going. And it's very rewarding, isn't it? Yeah. Very. And so your investments, your personal investments have been healthcare and outside healthcare. It sounds like you've had a pretty diverse group of companies you've invested in. It's about half and half, yes, and more so healthcare now. But but when I see something interesting, I invest in a company called Shift, which is helping the whole moving industry uh, automate the entire process. Uh, so when I see things that I think are helpful in a practical world, I'll, I'll tend to, and again, very, very sharp CEO, 
uh, again, very persevering. How would you like to be in that business during COVID? He just (laughs) weathered it through and he's now taken off again. So, yeah. Well, if he's California based, he's got to be busy with all the people leaving the state. So we're going to be back in a few minutes with our guest mentor, Mary Jo Potter, entrepreneur, venture investor, and highly regarded board member. Remember, you can now listen to our Saturday broadcast live anywhere in the world on iHeartRadio by clicking on San Francisco's KTRB 860 AM, The Answer. This is Tom Laurie, and this is the Mentors Radio Show. A lifetime ago, young naval aviator Tom McGuire took the oath of allegiance to support and defend the U.S. Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Now a San Francisco PD homicide inspector, McGuire hadn't thought about the oath in years, but that was all about to change. A famous local newspaper columnist had been murdered. For McGuire, there's an eerie chill of recognition about it, hearkening back to his days as a prisoner of war after being shot down in North Vietnam. A lifetime ago, another young naval pilot took that same oath. Also shot down in battle, he too spent time as a POW, same camp as McGuire. After 30 years, their lives were about to cross once again. But how and why after all these years? Multi-award winning mystery author Dennis Kohler's The Oath can be found online or for an autographed copy at oathbook.org. That's oathbook.org oathbook.org Here at Mentors Radio, we've been working hard to help you succeed in every way possible. That's why we're proud to let you know about our newest find, bettercreditdeal.com. bettercreditdeal.com links you to a credit processing company, Cornerstone Payment Systems, that truly shares your ethical values and that can give you lower rates immediately. They don't just say it, they prove it to you. Their commitment to ethical behavior is rock solid. For example, unlike most other credit processing companies, something you may not have known before, Cornerstone refuses to process any porn-related business. They're not newbies either. The company we recommend has more than 50 years experience and provides 24-7 in-house support. See what they can do for you today. Go to BetterCreditDeal.com. That's BetterCreditDeal.com. BetterCreditDeal.com. Ugh, Bob, I'm so frustrated. Sorry to hear that, Sarah. What's going on? I feel like I'm spinning. I I make goals to make money, work less, spend more quality time with family. But the truth is, I never actually achieve these goals. Year after year, I try to do things differently, but ultimately nothing changes. What's the point? Yeah, I did the same thing until I saw a friend completely change her life in less than a year. I was shocked. She sounded just like you a year ago, but not anymore. Wow, what'd she do? She she decided to work with a Brian Tracy certified coach named Christoph Nauer. Certified by Brian Tracy? He must be good. Even better. He guarantees results. He listens. It's very customized to you. Wow, that gives me hope. As a listener of the Mentors Radio, you get a free one-on-one Take My Time Back session. Don't wait. Go to balance6.biz. That's balance, the number six, dot B-I-Z to book your free assessment. Balance6.biz. And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Welcome back. This is Tom Loy, and today I'm with Mary Jo Potter, a transformational leader, the founder and managing director of Healthcare Angels, and a member of the Caritzu Forms Investment Committee. Now, you started a company and had a good exit early on. That brought you out to California, didn't it? Tell us a little bit about your experience. How how you founded the company, what was the inspiration and how it ended up for you? You know, it, it was related to California. Uh, as it turned out, I, I went to Northwestern for grad school and we finished in January and it was minus 10 degrees and my brother lived in Moraga here in California. So I said, oh, I think I'll go and visit my brother. So I came out for a Super Bowl party actually and it was 60 degrees when I landed. And I remember thinking, why doesn't everyone live here? (laughs) So long story short, I met a person at his Super Bowl party that I liked very much, very, very bright guy, and uh, did not start the company right then. I joined a early stage company and was with them for five years. We went public and that gave me just enough money 
to start this company called Oxicon with a fellow named Bob Means, who had been a partner at McKinsey. So we started it. Uh, I was down in L.A. at the time, but then I moved up to San Francisco, which I was thrilled to do. Uh, we, we started out of there and I had a great interest in having people and jobs match. Uh, so we started the company. The intent was to use biographical data to help people really match. And it started in sales, whether somebody was good in sales or not. That's how we started. And Bob had a PhD in that whole area from the University of Georgia with, uh, and we worked with uh, the fellows out of there who were experts in the field. So, but the other thing we started, which now sounds archaic, we used voice response phones to enter the data. And that was very innovative at the time because people wanted quick response. And it was, a we didn't want faxes and all that going back and forth. So it was, it was a, a very interesting experience. We had it about five years. We actually were approached to be purchased once. We backed out of that because we did not feel comfortable with the potential buyers. So then we went back to work just doing what we were doing. And uh, fortunately, we had some great clients at the time. And uh, about a year later, McGraw-Hill approached us because they wanted to get into the corporate market. They were pretty strong in the education market. So uh, they purchased us and I stayed with them uh, for a period of time in the transition as did Bob and still going on today. So you had, I mean, one of the things that came through in terms of your uh, discussion of your past is you did another startup before you actually did your startup. So you'd already been in the frying pan with somebody, which is good. It's a good thing. You've had that experience. Uh, so that's a, that's a very good thing. Um, then you went on and really created a career around consulting, didn't you? You ended up in a number of consulting roles, including a couple related to healthcare. Let's, so let's talk about the progression of your career. You did the startup, we know what you're doing now. So kind of fill in the blanks. Well, actually in fairness to the real world, I started in teaching. I taught second, fifth, eighth, and then three years of high school before I uh, went to the corporate world and I loved it. And in fact, I tell a lot of the North, I'm very involved still with Northwestern. And when I go back to talk to some of the students, I tell them, don't minimize a teaching credential. You'll use it the rest of your life, which I have. So anyway, after teaching, I came out uh, and after Northwestern, because I was able to take some business classes and got into business, I loved it. And I just realized it's just people but a different language and a different dynamic. And so I joined this company. The first one I joined was, uh, again, early stage working in the computer industry they hired me in market analysis, and I had to ask the flight attendant on the flight back what that was, so I knew what I was signing up for. <laughs> but anyway, that got me into consulting, and I ended up loving it. I've been with five different companies over the years, two of my own and three others, uh, and most of it was organizational. It was uh, part strategy, part organization, but it's, it was trying to help people. We did a lot of merger integration work, for instance, trying to bring two organizations together. That was very common. Uh, I loved helping people figure out how organizational systems and structure could facilitate uh, employee satisfaction and productivity. I've always, always believed it was at the heart of what made a lot of the good companies good and the not so good companies poor. So we had our recent guest, Safi Bacall, who wrote the book Loon Shots and How to Nurture Crazy Ideas. Uh, and he makes the case about structure and how important structure is. Um, so if you have a chance, go back and listen to the show. It's a fascinating discussion. I actually did. Okay. So <laughs> the whole idea of phase transitions and everything, a fascinating yep. discussion. So in, I have a number of friends, as you that may know uh, that are consultants, Ram Sharan, uh, Pat Lencioni, we could go down the list. And I've always found what is interesting, and I'm sure you fall into this category, and I'm going to probe on that. You go and you go to all these different companies, and you know ultimately they all write a book. And they write a book because they've seen these things that exist in all the companies. It's what I call the thread. And the books do well, and they end up uh, getting uh, speaking engagements and consulting gigs and make a lot of money. What are some, when you think about consulting, what are some of the common threads that you've seen in organizations, both the good and bad over the years, uh, 
things that little insights that you can share with the audience on things to keep their eyes open for and and uh, build on. Well, one of the things that uh, is probably surprising to people is how often people bring consultants in and we end up gathering input data from their own people and repackaging it and representing it so it'll cause action. I can't tell you the number of times I've tried to give credit where it was really due. And that was the ideas often come from right inside the company. They just can't get through in a either coherent or believable or collaborative way to cause action. So that's number one that I tell people, yes, of course, consultants are greatly valuable. I just want you to know that a fair amount of the money is going to pay me to gather the data that's already there. So that's one. Uh, but the second thing I think, I now believe if you just give me about an hour with the CEO of any company before we start the assignment, I can pretty well calibrate what's going to happen in the engagement. It really makes a huge difference. The level of involvement of that person, their commitment to it, whether it's uh, really meant to cause action or is it meant to just sort of cover up problems that are there, but at least they can say, well, we brought the consultant and they said the same thing. So uh, I think the important part of any assignment is whose name is on the result and is a result really the end objective? Fascinating. Uh, and then uh, I want to go back just a second on building your own company. What was your, when you look back on that, what was the most challenging period when you were building your company? The uh, first year is torture. Everything that could go wrong tends to go wrong. Uh, and it it's just so much harder than you can imagine. And I know you need to pause. Oh, yeah. So we're there. <laughs> yes, well, we'll be back in a few minutes with our guest mentor, Mary Jo Potter, entrepreneur, venture investor, and highly regarded board director. This is Tom Laurie, and this is the Mentors Radio Show. Hey, professional business women. I know how busy your life is. To look your best, nails matter. The good news is I can save you a lot of nasty, chemical-smelling nail salon time. Just imagine, a perfect manicure in just minutes, at home, even while watching TV. No dry time, no smudges, no streaks, and your new manicure will last up to 10 days, often longer. I'm talking about 100% real nail polish. Yes, real nail polish, including top and base coat, all in one, that can gently be stretched for a perfect custom fit. Gorgeous, vibrant colors, soft pastels, gentle glitter, or can't-miss designs and nail art. You have options. For about $12 a set, you can even get some free. Choose your colors or designs. Receive them in about three days. Done. Everything you need is included. Polish easily removes and does not damage nails. Check it out. Nailsforme.com. Nails, the number four, M-E.com. That's nailsforme.com. Hi, I'm the executive producer of the Mentors Radio Show. Usually I'm behind the scenes, but I want to tell you about something special. If you're an entrepreneur like me, you need steady energy and focus. Here's my secret. I rely on science-backed, high-quality, bulletproof collagen protein and other bulletproof products. My sister told me about it. At feelgreat.vip, you can learn the health journey of Bulletproof founder, Dave Asprey. Find out what sets these products apart from the rest. Nothing can replace the advice of your medical doctor, but good nutrition can absolutely enhance your mood, energy, and focus like it did for me. The demands of business, not to mention important time with family and friends, make steady energy so important. With more than 1 million fans, 1 million fans, I'm not alone in recommending Bulletproof. Go to feelgreat.vip. That's VIP, like very special person. Feelgreat.vip to learn more. And now... Back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Welcome back. This is Tom Laurie, and today I am with Mary Jo Potter, a transformational leader, the founder and managing director of Healthcare Angels, and a member of the Critsu Forms Investment Committee. So we were talking a little bit about your challenges in the world of startups. And 
you you note in your bio that you're a change manager. Uh, we're talking we were talking about the consult, and it sounds like the changes you'll get this data that, in the companies from all these people, and then you package it and get people to change. I I, I suspect there's more to it than just that. <laughs> well, you know the other thing that's important when you're an outsider coming in, and again I've been had the luxury I've been I've been in at least three hundred companies over the years. It's a little like being invited to somebody's home. It's a very uh, unique experience, and and you, I think most of us appreciate it greatly. So, what you, you become very dedicated to making something happen, and part of what causes change to happen is you identify two things. You identify those folks internally that literally could and should and probably already are change agents because you need depending on the size of the organization, you need to coalesce a fairly substantive group of people to buy in and and get engaged and cause things to happen. But the other thing that's equally as important, you need to understand where the resistance is and what those resistant problems or challenges are and not uh, either ignore them or not keep them front and center. Because most of the time when change doesn't happen, it's not because there weren't people gung-ho. It was that the resistance was not dealt with well enough, often enough, because most of the time it's the resistance that takes the repetition. It isn't the initial motivation. You get a lot of good people who've been really chafing at the bit to cause change. But the, the resistors who have often good reasons, including fear of losing their job, so uh, having to work through those issues are as, as important or more important. Now, you served as the chairperson at what today is known as Dignity Health. And then the day when you were there was Catholic Healthcare West. Mm-hmm. And uh, you were really tra- a transformational chairperson there, weren't you? And what, and so, you, I mean, you brought in a CEO that just changed. I mean, that's a big job for the board is to, right people in the right seats. Tell us a little bit about your experience at uh, Catholic Healthcare West, the challenges it was facing and the change at the top. Well, it was, again, a very uh, great experience. I had done some consulting with him and then went on the board. And over those 10 years, uh, if we think healthcare is changing now, we forget in the uh, early 2000s how much healthcare was changing. We acquired probably too many or too fast, a number of hospitals and grew exponentially. I think when I joined them, there were eight hospitals. When I left, there were 42. It was a massive set of activities and would have stretched any leader under any conditions. Um, And we did decide we did need a different type of CEO for the next phase of life. It's one thing to have leaders who are comfortable with, proficient with, the acquisition of entities. It's another thing. It's often you need somebody else that's going to take them and operationalize. So uh, again, the good news was we were very fortunate to bring in Lloyd Dean. He's been there ever since, uh, has brought in many people uh, around him that have been, again, good, strong leaders. They've uh, continued to grow. They merged with CHI. I had been on the board at CHI as well. Again, very good organization. Also, like all of the larger systems going through the massive change that they did, uh, I think it's a good combination because they're in different markets with different strengths. Uh, And again, uh, Kevin Lofton, who was the CEO of CHI, has retired and now Lloyd has accountability for the entire uh, entity. Uh, But again, I have great empathy for leaders in the healthcare industry right now. I've done a lot of work at, at Kaiser, Sutter, all sorts of different organizations. It's a very, very tough job because you've got all sides pulling. And now you add the COVID dynamic to it. Uh, you have to have empathy for these people. You're listening to the Mentors Radio Show. This is Tom Laurie. We are with Mary Jo Potter. And we're talking about healthcare, and she formerly served as the chairperson for Dignity Health uh, when it was Catholic Care West. So let's go on talking about healthcare. 
and, and it is challenging. It's a, and you're you're on the delivery side. I've been on the product side all my career, and I've seen the changes being on the product side, just getting a product adopted, something new into the healthcare system. Uh, maybe you could talk a little bit about. I mean, it's, you got regulation on the outside, but also the delivery system has increased the regulation internally, and the adoption of new technologies has become even more challenging. Maybe you could talk, and with your role at Caritzu, I mean, it all kind of fits together. Well, and again, I this will be sobering news for entrepreneurs. They say there's somewhere between eight and 20 times the product opportunities available right now. There, the, the, the massive amount of innovation that's happening in the product side right now is amazingly exciting and prolific. The problem is we cannot get all of these things into the system. That's why you see a lot of the alternative delivery systems, whether it's CVS and Google, Apple and so on. That's the only way we're going to be able to get a lot of this innovation in. It isn't because the healthcare systems don't want to do it. Most of them, we're working with a lot of the corporate venture people in the healthcare systems themselves. They're putting Ascension's got a, uh, I forget what, I think they're on fund four or five, hundreds of millions of dollars for innovation. And they're looking at the best and the brightest and trying to bring it in. You can only bring so much in at a time because these systems can only handle so much change at a time. So I know it's frustrating to people who live in it and want to do so much more and probably are even aggravated that these alternative delivery systems are bypassing a lot of the traditional vehicles. And it's strictly because there's way more innovation available than is able to get through your traditional systems. Now, you've served on a lot of boards and you continue to serve on a lot of boards. Uh, what, um, what is the role of a board member? And how difficult was it? A, was your path an easy path to getting on boards of directors or was it a challenging path? You know, in truth, I've been very fortunate because as I was on one board, somebody from that board went to another board and introduced me to so on. So I've been on a number of boards and it's all because people have asked me to join them that they, that I know. So, uh, no, I, I, I can't say I've had to work hard to get on a board. Now, I will say the role of boards is so different now than it was 20 years ago. <laughs> it's, it couldn't be more different. Uh, the complexity, the uh, amount of time, the uh, level of engagement needed, the caliber of people on the boards. Uh, it, the good news is people are very generous with their time, whether it's in the for-profit or nonprofit world. So there's a good amount of folks available but I think we all are fairly shocked <laughs> at the level of engagement needed now. I've heard from the National Association of Corporate Directors, it's doubled in the last 10 years in terms of time and engagement. Wow, that's a big change. Well, we're gonna shift gears and talk now a little bit more about you. What events, actually, let's go to break and we'll leave a little bit of this time for the next segment. So we're going to come back in a few minutes with our guest mentor, Mary Jo Potter, who's an entrepreneur, venture investor, and highly regarded board member. You'll find all of our past shows, show notes, and links to at our website, and we'll include a link to Karitsu form at thementorsradio.com. That is thementorsradio.com. This is Tom Laurie, and this is The Mentors Radio Show. Better life, better business. Hi, I'm Christoph Nauer. I'm a certified business and life coach, helping business owners increase productivity, profits, and improve personal life. I'm the founder of Balance 6, money, health, relationship, time management, self-improvement, and higher power. I coach business owners to work smarter, not longer, to have time for better personal life. I hold you accountable for making time available to Balance 6, to nurture yourself and your relationships, and making more money with less stress. Get off the hamster wheel, and I will show you the secrets to real success. In case you're wondering about my accent, I came from Switzerland more than 30 years ago. But I assure you, my coaching will be in excellent English. Visit our website at balance6.biz. That's balance6.biz. 
lifetime ago, young naval aviator Tom McGuire took the oath of allegiance to support and defend the U.S. Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Now a San Francisco PD homicide inspector, McGuire hadn't thought about the oath in years, but that was all about to change. A famous local newspaper columnist had been murdered. For McGuire, there's an eerie chill of recognition about it, hearkening back to his days as a prisoner of war after being shot down in North Vietnam. A lifetime ago, another young naval pilot took that same oath. Also shot down in battle, he too spent time as a POW, same camp as McGuire. After 30 years, their lives were about to cross once again. But how and why after all these years? Multi-award winning mystery author Dennis Kohler's The Oath can be found online or for an autographed copy at oathbook.org. That's oathbook.org. Oathbook.org. Here at Mentors Radio, we've been working hard to help you succeed in every way possible. That's why we're proud to let you know about our newest find, BetterCreditDeal.com. BetterCreditDeal.com links you to a credit processing company, Cornerstone Payment Systems, that truly shares your ethical values and that can give you lower rates immediately. They don't just say it, they prove it to you. Their commitment to ethical behavior is rock solid. For example, unlike most other credit processing companies, something you may not have known before, Cornerstone refuses to process any porn-related business. They're not newbies either. The company we recommend has more than 50 years' experience and provides 24-7 in-house support. See what they can do for you today. Go to BetterCreditDeal.com. That's BetterCreditDeal.com. BetterCreditDeal.com. And now... Back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Welcome back. This is Tom Laurie, and today I'm with Mary Jo Potter, a transformational leader, the founder and managing director of Healthcare Angels, and a member of the Kritsu Forum's Investment Committee. So we're going to turn our sights on you, Mary Jo. Uh, What, uh, when you think about events in your life, which events have had the greatest impact on your life and how? Well, that's, that is a question. You know, probably being part of a big family uh, has been a tremendous both help and influence uh, growing up as I did fairly traditionally in the Midwest. And uh, not that we aren't as dysfunctional as everybody else, but uh, it's, it's a real gift to be part of a big family. So I have to say that. Secondly, uh, I'm a Catholic by background, and I have to say my... Um, Faith and the people that have been part of my life on that journey have been very influential, and uh, I'm greatly appreciative. And again, not because the Catholic faith is not having its troubles, but again, you uh, you, you take the good with the bad. And you know, I'd say the third one is the, the people that have believed in me along the way before I believed in myself. My very first job after grad school. <laughs> They hired me and I didn't even know what they were hiring me for, let alone how in heaven's name I was going to do it. But these entrepreneurs said, oh, yeah, come on, join. It was a very unusual group of people. And then that's pretty much happened throughout my life. <laughs> people have said, come on and do something and whatever it was. And uh, it was way beyond what I could have pictured doing. But because they asked me to do it, I did it. And you kind of grow your confidence by starting with other people's confidence in you and then growing it yourself. <laughs> what is your best habit? You know, I think my best habit is reaching out to people. I, I really value, I guess I must be somewhat of an extrovert, but I think it's reaching out and connecting people, connecting the dots, making people uh, able to, do things maybe they wouldn't have done. Um, I'm very grateful. Even during COVID, I had a tendency to, to do that. And I'm glad I'm motivated to, because I know many introverts, that's torture. And I'm, I can imagine, but uh, that's probably helped me a lot. And where do you find your source of encouragement? Friends, uh, uh, very much during all of the various things in life, and family as well, but 
obviously friends are with you day to day when things happen. Family, you do your weekly calls or your visits on the holidays, and which is also wonderful. But I have to say, I am very grateful to, and I've, I have friends from grade school, high school, college, uh, you know, I just, uh, they've been my sustenance. And what is the uh, best re- advice you've ever received? The best advice, probably to try to stay as close to the truth as you can. And your father was an important influence in your life, wasn't he? Tell us a little bit about your dad, briefly, uh, who he was, well, what he did, and but he was an influence in your life, I believe. Very well. I'd say my mom more so, but my dad, yes, my dad never said once, you can't do something as a woman. I never got into any of those messages. I became athletic because I wanted to be with my dad and brothers and probably wouldn't have been otherwise. Uh, but but I have to say, and dad was a worker, as was mom. So you see a work ethic that you just kind of want to emulate. And what, and you're all the people you've seen, what is that thread that pops up that separates those people that have found some real happiness and joy in life from others that haven't? You know, I think it's a luxury and probably why I care so much about people and careers. You gotta spend most of your time and energy on other people. If it's on yourself, it's an, we're an insatiable entity. Uh, I think if you have purpose, if you have interest, if you have energy for other people and other challenges that other people have versus your own, <laughs> I think it carries us a long way. So that's it. I, w- I, I will say, and I wasn't able to touch on it, you grew up down the road, uh, down the street from Bill Murray and Bill Murray's family. And I know you did a lot with Bill Murray, but we don't have time today to talk about Bill Murray, but it, <laughs> I, I know there are great stories. So that's there are it. definitely great stories. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Until next week, we've been talking about healthcare, being an entrepreneur, the challenges of startups, venture investing, and almost got to the comedian Bill Murray with Mary Jo Potter, the founder and managing director of Healthcare Angels and a member of the Carizio Forms Investment Committee. You'll find links. Links to both on our website, thementorsradio.com. You can listen to this show and others by going to our website. And when you're there, make sure you subscribe for future shows. Again, it's thementorsradio.com. Join us next week at the same time for the next edition of The Mentors Radio. Until then, this is Tom Laurie signing off for today. Remember to be all that you can be and keep the candle lit for all who struggle in the darkness. It's been The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. To get more information about the program or a sponsor, to download a podcast of today's show, or to leave a question for our host, go to TheMentorsRadio.com. That's www.TheMentorsRadio.com. The preceding program, copyright CBJ, LLC. All rights reserved.